Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever I'm your host, Christiana, over there. On the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. It is raining out here in uh, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Uh, uh, so I don't really have my outdoor space because the water is coming down. Even It's coming down sideways, so the umbrella won't really stop it. I don't want to get my laptop wet, especially with all the cords and stuff with my microphone. So we're doing a car pod today. It's my first ever. We're even now. Uh, but you know what? The show must go on. Yeah, the show must go on. Um, I am not in a familiar location. I'm in Maine right now. And uh, yeah, New England weather has not been has not been kind, which is tough for a no, vacation week. Good. But we're uh, we're making our own fun over here in 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 Maine but yeah it's it's unfortunate um but uh one thing that we'll keep going on no matter what is the major league baseball season and here in uh here in the in, in late June where we stand uh we are in phase two of the all-star ballot we never really talked about phase one um and maybe if we uh Maybe if we voted in phase one, things might look a little a little different, you know, not not really significantly. But if uh, but there there were some omissions here in the phase two voting. Um, what do you first of all, what do you think about there just being only two candidates? I, I think fan voting as a whole should be abolished. And I, I've stood by this for many a year. You know, I, I started uh, I started formulating this take in 2015 when Royals fans were stuffing the ballots and almost putting Omar Infante in the all-star game over Jose Altuve uh so I mean you know it's fan voting is just bad in my opinion I think you know it, it omits a lot of deserving candidates puts in a lot of non-deserving candidates uh especially for starting um and it's just I don't know I, I don't like it I'm cool with it just never being a thing again and just letting like uh, like every team's analytics department decide yeah right yeah i understand that for sure maybe not that specifically that was the first thing that came to mind yeah the rockies would not have much representation there no <laughs> that's correct um but yeah uh yeah it's it, it can be it can be rough with the with the selections i don't really care too much because you know the all-star game is the all-star game and like and you know we both we both don't, you know, it's not, it's not the biggest thing in the world, obviously, as it's in, as it is an all-star game. However, um, if players like contract status or arbitration status is kind of dependent on uh, all-star stuff, then yeah, we should get rid of this because there are certain fan bases that really take over this thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough. I don't like it. Um, But you know, I'm fine with most of the candidates. I you know I don't think there's a single person where it's like, I don't want to vote for either of these people because none of them are deserving. 
um, except for maybe NL third base, but there just haven't really been many good NL third basemen this year at all. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, there's not, there's not someone who's been overly dominant. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish it would be nice if they had three candidates or something like that. Cause also what's, what happens with this is like, someone could be really good. Like or someone could be kind of meet doing mediocre, like three weeks, you know, as of three weeks ago and then get really mm-hmm. hot. And now they're not on phase two because people were voting from based on uh statistics from three weeks yeah. ago. So it does, you know, it does take away from that. But that's kind of what happens when you have a all star game yeah, in the I middle know of exactly, the season. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I thought the same thing. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, sometimes <laughs> a guy has like a three home run game in early June. And you know, it's people don't know that. Yeah, right. And yeah, people's minds are already made up on their on their all star ballot when yeah, it's relevant. You know, not like you know, name and names here. You know, not name and names here. But you know, I mean, if you're like a you know, I don't know, a first like a third baseman on like a team that's under five hundred in a pretty bad division, and you know, you you're kind of known for not getting a lot of recognition, and then you know, you're you're not having the hottest start to the season, but then you have like an amazing stretch you know in early june and mid-june and people are voting in in late may then you know it's tough you know like like i said not naming names here but you know, yeah it's just tough. hypothetically if you were a guy who was one of three players in baseball history with uh 170 plus homers 190 plus steals and 270 plus doubles uh through their age 29 season and had a really hot June, but not necessarily doing exceptional before that, but still kind of okay. Hypothetically, if you were doing that, you might get snubbed out of this, uh, out of this finalist group. Um, so yeah, I mean, but not naming names, obviously, I mean, this could apply to anybody. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, looking at the MLB ballot, the ballot that is presented to us, uh, so at first base, American League, um, and or actually first or uh, last couple points before we get into uh, the decisions to make, uh, the country of Canada, we we they they must be stopped. They, yeah, they are. Um, and I, you know, I, you no have to applaud them. I I think we were talking yeah, about this. I, th- I think we were talking about the same thing last year because I think we titled one episode last year like Toronto takes over the all-star game or all-star voting. Sounds about right. Um, can- yeah, Canada takes over. And, uh, you know, I applaud them, but but they are, they are going overboard. I mean, you got Kevin yeah, no, Kiermaier out there as a finalist. Whit Merrifield, too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you, you some guys are uh, deserving finalists, but there's a lot of guys that are uh, that are wild. So we'll start with the first. The first thing here. You got Yandy Diaz versus uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think it's very clear to uh, go with Yandy, yeah, Yandy Diaz. Voters... Yes, it is absolutely very clear. The voters actually got it right. Not only does Yandy Diaz lead all 
first base AL first baseman in uh Fangraphs wins above replacement, but he also leads all first baseman period in uh weighted runs created plus with one sixty four. So uh, a heck of a job by the voters for a small market guy like Yandy Diaz in. Uh, yeah, he is my vote, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, absolutely deserves to be up there, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and for the yeah, we'll keep we'll just keep it in the AL. Um, we'll go down the AL. Uh, second base is a pretty clear choice too between Whit Merrifield and Marcus Simeon. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Simeon, but even before this season, he was so set apart for the rest of the second base. Um, and even with like a big slump that he's been going through recently, I know you highlighted him on Slightly Alarming. He's still he's still there. Yeah, he was definitely a part, especially considering like Altuve being hurt at the beginning of the year. Like there was no other second baseman that was above him that was healthy heading into the season. Um, and yeah, he's he's uh, been for of the next best uh American League second baseman, by the way. Um. Yeah, he he is very yeah he's he is yeah one yeah one win one win and a half above the rest of the pack in the AL. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the thing with him is he's been yeah he's been one of the best offensive second baseman and like the best defensive second baseman along with the good being a good base runner. Um. So yeah, that's a pretty clear choice there. Third base, you have Matt Chapman versus Josh Young. Um, the clear omission is Jose Ramirez, who leads all third basemen mm-hmm. in F four. Um, who in his last like in the last like two or three weeks, I think has like an has over a twelve hundred OPS, but he's not an option. So between and Chapman also- and Young. He also leads all, uh, or is he second in weighted Paredes, who has 50 less. How many less played appearances? Over 50. Um, Yeah, that is that is a big gap there. Um, But yeah, between Chapman and Young, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's kind of, Leaning towards races. Chapman there because of how uh, good his defense yeah. is. Yeah, if if Josh Young gets it, I won't add. I think it'll be cool for a rookie, and he's also been doing very well this year. But I will probably vote for Matt Chapman on this one. It's it's close though. Yeah, it's it's fairly close, and you know, Young is exciting, an exciting young player, and yeah, it would be more of a cool factor than like a logical thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, and then, uh, at shortstop, um, we have one glaring omission with uh Wander Franco being out of the race. Um, he has three and a half wins of upper placement, something like that. Exactly three and a half. Um sorry. Uh <laughs> not great, right? 
But yeah, so between Seeger and Bichette, it's very interesting because Seeger has only 47 games played. Um, however, unbelievable offensive numbers. Uh, Bo Bichette uh, has played 31 more games, just but rate statistic wise, not on Seeger's level. Um, you almost want to vote Seeger because of the fun factor, but in terms of who's had like technically a more valuable season, it's Bichette. So. I don't really blame anyone for going in either direction here. I am voting for Seager. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, uh, Corey, Corey Seager has what two hundred or one hundred and thirty less plate appearances, and he's point six behind Bichette in F four. Uh, he has a one seventy eight weighted runs created plus, which leads all shortstops uh, with at least one hundred fifty plate appearances. Uh, yeah, no, this this is not, I think it's. Like even not, I don't even think it's that close for me personally. I'm going with Corey Seager without a doubt. Right, right. With the playing time he's he's been able to get, um, he's done an unbelievable job. So I definitely, I definitely get that. And I think I if if I'm putting a vote down, I think I'm also putting Seager. Um, another <laughs> Ranger who is nominated is uh, Jonah Heim. It's a battle between. Him and Adley Rutschman. Um, what do you? What is your? What are your thoughts there? Uh, I am voting for Jonah Heim because uh, Adley. You know he's still been solid, but he. I don't think he's really taken off the way that a lot of baseball fans he would have. If you take out the month of April, he has like a low seven hundred PS this year, uh, and his defense is kind of as well. Jonah Heim. Uh, you could argue has been better offensively. I know they're pretty identical in weighted runs created plus at least two points above him. Um, but Jonah Heim's defense really carries him. Uh, Adley's also uh, been docked a lot of wins of replacement via his base running this year. Heim has been kind of average. Uh, I'm voting for Jonah Heim on this one. Yeah, I, I'm going with Heim too um, because of the better defensive numbers. Um, park adjusted wise, they have... Um, uh, Rutschman has the advantage offensively, but Heim does have the higher overall OPS, um, non-park adjusted. Uh, so yeah, um, we yep. both agree on Jonah Heim there. Um, outfield is weird because the best players are injured, but um, but there are some yep. other options to go with, but albeit a, a short list. Yeah, uh, so the, the, the five potential out or the six potential outfielders are Jordan Alvarez, Randy Arozarena, Adolis Garcia, Aaron Judge, Kevin Meyer, and Mike Trout. Uh, Alvarez is out until August. Judge is out likely at least until the All-Star break. We don't really know. Uh, so I voted for Arozarena, Garcia, and Trout because all three of them are better than Kiermaier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and it leads to the it leads to the discussion of like, yeah, there probably should be more candidates because it shouldn't mm -hmm. be two injured players and then four guys, including Kevin Kiermaier. Mm -hmm. Which, um, to be fair, I mean, uh, you know, Rosarena, Garcia, and Trout all ranked top, top 10 among all outfielders in F4. So it's not like they're three completely lesser guys. Like Luis Roberts, a snub. Right? I mean, that's, the, that's the big one. Yeah, there's an argument for um uh Alex Verdugo. 
or J Rod. Yeah, there is an maybe even J Rod. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rob Luis Robert is a big snub, absolutely. Um, so, um, or wait, where's the ballot at? Yeah, I definitely agree with those three. Um, and Shohei Otani is already in. Um, because he was the top vote getter. Yeah. He's been absolutely unbelievable, and he's a he's a king. He's the king of the month of June. Um, yeah. He slugs seven thirty nine in his career in the month of June. It's incredible. Um, so over in the National League, uh, you got Freddie Freeman versus uh Matt Olson. Isn't that funny? I yeah. think it's pretty clearly yeah, Freddie Freeman here. Yeah, uh, Freeman versus his replacement for the Braves. Yeah, uh, I'm voting Freeman here. Yeah, I don't know. He's better offensively. He's better overall this year. There's and there's not much else you really really need to look into. And there's definitely not a lot you need to look into at National League second base either. Um, no, no, it's uh, it's it's a rise. Yeah, a I, rise. I didn't even know. I didn't even know who the other option was until I looked at this list. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Ozzy Albies, I know you're having a very good season this year. You know, definitely a comeback year after breaking your toe last year, but respectfully. Right. You know. <laughs> and I think I think Ozzy Albies will get it. Yeah, I think Ozzy Albies is voting for Luisa Rise. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean you should be. Uh, National League third base. Uh, we prefaced it. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's two it's two guys with sub eight hundred OPSs. There were a couple options of like random, random guys who are like having good years that were left off. Um, most notably, Jamer Candelario, J.D. Davis, and Ryan McMahon. But you know, Austin Riley and Nolan Arenado are far more far more well known. So they obviously got the votes. Um, if you, you know, if you're happy to choose between Riley and Arenado, where are you going? Uh, I mean that is a good question. I don't know. I don't. I'm not really too passionate about this one. I'm gonna be honest. Um, yeah. I guess I'll go with Austin. Riley. Yeah. I'm because he has like better hands overall. Arnado really regressed there. Arnado had a really bad stretch. I know that Arnado does have like better offensive numbers, but uh, I will go with Riley because he does have a better overall. For that one, I'll just go with wins above replacement. You know, I don't know. I tried not to do that, but yeah, me I mean, as well. This this one sucks. Yeah, it it's tough. Um, I'm gonna yeah, I would go with Riley as well because yeah, there's been some weird defensive regression with Nolan Arenado, um, and people. Maybe they'll realize that at some point, but um, but yeah, this year specifically, you know, Arenado's in the negatives on both. I think outs above average and um, and uh, defensive run saved. It's in the negatives in yep. both of those. Um, and National League shortstop is also interesting between Orlando Garcia and Francisco Lindor. There were a couple of. Uh, other National League shortstops that could have been on there, including Dansby Swanson. Um, but between Arcia and Lindor, what do you got? Uh, I'm going Arcia on this one. Uh, he's been 
better across the board offensively. Uh, I, I know that Lindor does have him pretty significantly in both defense and base running and therefore a higher uh, wins above replacement, but uh, it's pretty marginal. And I think the gap between their offense is greater than the gap between their overall production. So I'm going with Orlando Arcia as my uh, all-star starting shortstop, like everyone predicted preseason. Right. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When people were thinking you're going to play Bowen Grissom there this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But now RC's numbers have been really, really good. Um, I would also go with Garcia because of mm-hmm. just about those reasons. Um, at the catcher position, uh, it is another Dodger versus Brave battle. Um, you got Sean Murphy versus Will Smith. Yeah, these are actually the two most deserves, which is pretty cool. Um, and it is very close. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm going on margins here. I'll probably take Murphy. I think he's been a like very slightly more productive this year overall as a catcher. Um, but if you went Smith, I wouldn't blame you. But I am going Sean Murphy. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it's very, very similar offense production, but they're somewhat opposite defensively like Will Smith has been you know not horrible as a backstop but I think below average defensively while Sean Murphy has been has continued to be really really good defensively um not that yeah All-Star... I mean they've, they've had relatively the same uh, uh production offensively so at that point down to defense and base running and you know com- on the combination of those two things I think Murphy Murphy has a slight edge right right and um you know, not that all-star voters look at uh, defensive numbers, but we are because this is, you know, this is the above replacement radio ballot. Um, mm-hmm. So we mentioned these things. And also I looked uh, last night, Sean Murphy's expected numbers are actually better than his uh, actual numbers. So um, pretty wild. His, like speed spot rate and line drive rate are through the roof. Um you know, getting his expected numbers up. So it's not like he really lucked his way into this position. Um, And then in the outfield, uh, Acuna has already been voted in. And then I think the other two options are pretty obvious compared to the other players. I do think there are a lot of snubs here. Um, I would rather have Tatis and Soto. Soto's another guy that, you know, started playing well in in mid to late, or in, uh, you know, early to mid-June. And, you know, kind of got the benefit or the doubt of that. But, you know, Harris and, and Guriel, uh, you know, Guriel looked great early on. He's kind of struggling now. Harris has, has looked good over the last couple of weeks, but I don't think people were voting Betts and Carroll. But, but Soto and Tati should be on this ballot. Uh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, both both players have been extremely good. Um yeah. While like Guriel, you know, Guriel has had a hot stretch, but he's not, you know, he's not someone you rely on for defense. And he's also not on the offensive level of Tatis or Soto this season. Um, and then Harris, I think. I really just... hope this is. This should be the year where we see Tatis in the home run derby, in my opinion, personally. Yeah, right. It would I mean, be he's nice. He's only been eligible to do it in one year. Right, that's uh, correct. I, I'm assuming he declined it then. I don't know. He's. I, I. My guess is that he wouldn't do it, but I think we should. 
have him do it personally. I know Julio's in it. He's the only confirmed candidate so far. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, regarding the yeah regarding the the NL outfield situation, yeah, like Guriel Junior is he's yeah he's he's not the most he's not more deserving than uh, Soto or Tatis Junior. And then with Harris, I think that's just a product of Braves fans really going out there and voting for all Braves because it's like mm-hmm. the only reason I would have him up there um so yeah it, it's carol if I, if I, yeah i want i want to go back to the horn derby like i'm trying to think of who like the most ideal candidates would be because i think like i'm thinking realistically here i mean i think you know julio's obviously there i think a lot of people want ellie de la cruz and i'm cool with that um also i like Luis robert would be fun pete alonzo would be fun obviously jorge soler would be fun you know, guys that have hit a lot of home runs this year and also have that power. Um, Tatis, like I mentioned earlier. I don't know. Who are some other guys that you're thinking? Maybe a Rosarena would be a cool one. I'm uh I'm going to the barrel leaders. Um Yeah. Uh did you mention Acuna? I did not. Yeah, that I mean that would be cool. I'm just just going through the barrel leaders for this year. Um just for like the top, I don't know, 10. You have Acuna, Otani, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Judge, who will obviously be injured, probably not going to be able to do that. Uh, Jorge Soler, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Adolis Garcia, Pete Olson, or Pete uh, Alonzo. Pete Olson. <laughs> Pete Alonzo and uh, Freddie Freeman. I think Adolis Garcia might be a cool, like, Wild that would be card a good candidate. One. Yeah, no, I like that one a lot. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be cool. But yeah, I'm trying to look down the list here. Maybe Randy Rosarena would be a new guy to put in. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he would do. It I this love the year. I love the fact that we're just like scrapping the idea of like these guys have to be all-stars to do the home run derby because like Julio Rodriguez is not a finalist and there's a chance he's not an all-star but we know he's doing the home run derby and that's mostly because it's in Seattle you know they needed a representative and Julio is going to be that guy you know I'm assuming he probably leads the team in home runs this year and even if he doesn't he's the guy that you want right that yeah doing it yeah I mean and he put on that show last year almost won it last year Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think one year it would be fun. I don't know if this year's the year, but it would be fun to have Devers do it. Um, yeah, he could he could definitely do some cool stuff at the home run derby, but this year might not be the I year. I think Alex do Cora doesn't let it. I think Alex Cora just doesn't let his guy do it. Literally, not a single Red Sox player has done it. I think since Adrian Gonzalez in twenty eleven. Yeah. No, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I think the Red Sox just don't let their guys do it. Right, like Ortiz hasn't done it since he won it in twenty, or hadn't done it in, since he won it since yeah, twenty ten. Why, why, why didn't he do it in like twenty seventeen? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and the so just yeah, wrapping up the um wrapping up the all-star voting the dh is between bryce harper and 
JD Martinez, and I think that's a pretty clear oh, yeah. choice. Yeah, no, it's JD Martinez. I mean, he's hitting. He's hitting a lot better. He's slugging a lot better is what I should say. Harper does have a better OBP and average, but Martinez has a 555 slugging. Uh, that's what you do as a DH. And he's been playing the whole season. You know, uh, yeah. Harper came a month a month into the season. Um, all right. I love that I voted for four total teams in the National League. Dodgers, Braves, Diamondbacks, and Marlins. Right. Pot- and also, how many teams in the American League? One, two, three, four. I think I also voted for four there. Rangers, Rays, Angels, and Blue Jays. Yeah, I think it's just the fans. Some some fan bases really showed out for their players, and others didn't. Like, there, I don't think there's any Padres up there. No, despite their uh, tremendous. So all star voting can be interesting, uh, but we're going to be highlighting some players that you know are under the radar. Um, could be all stars, you know, could be potential, you know, last minute all star. Uh, inclusions um but uh we will get into our tuesday june 27 2023 edition of how about that he's striking out less walking more and he's also making better contact turning into a strikeout machine just out of nowhere he's been excellent all around this year he is getting a how about that yeah so for my how about that i am going with a guy that might be on the border of not eligible for this you know for this award but uh i'm doing him now while we can i'm talking about yuri perez of the miami marlins second consecutive episode where i'm going with a Marlins starting pitcher and i mean i got it because i've been hyping up for hyping him up for a while he's he was born in 2003 which is nuts um but over his last five starts he has an 032 era on 77 fip his era leads the majors and his fip ranks third uh, before this span, his strikeout rate was 24.1% and his walk rate was 12.7%. And in this span, his strikeout rate is 33% and his walk rate is 4.7%. And that means his K to walk ratio has gone from 11.4% to 28.3%, the third highest in baseball over that span. Uh, and his pitch arsenal of uh, four seam fastball, slider, changeup, and curveball has been completely dominant all throughout uh, all four of his pitches have a run value per 100 of minus 1.4 or lower in at least 13 plate appearances so all four of his pitches have been incredibly effective this entire season uh, but specifically in the month of june perez has thrown 36 four seam fastballs that have been at least 97 miles per hour and had a spin rate of at least 2700 rotations per minute no one else in that span has thrown more than six such four-seam fastballs, and Yuri Perez has thrown 36 in the month of June alone. So his fastball is quite literally unlike anything we've seen this year, and especially, you know, this month specifically. It's been truly incredible that he's been able to do it in that kind of volume, uh, and that's definitely a sign of something to come later on. Uh, his slider has been his best pitch results-wise combined with volume. Uh, no one, so since he debuted, uh, opponents are hitting 148 up against Yuri Perez's slide. They are slugging 222. That average ranks among the 66 pitchers that have had at least 25 batted balls against their slider since May 12th. That is the day that he debuted. 
Uh, his slider also has a 21% swing and miss rate, and that is 5% above the league average. Uh, his minus 3.5 run value per 100 ranks 12th lowest among the 228 pitchers with at least 25 play appearances ending on sliders. Uh, so basically what that means is that every for every 100 sliders he throws, he's preventing about three and a half runs from scoring, and that is better than... Uh, you know, all but 11 of the 228 pitchers, like I mentioned. And lastly, his curveball and changeup are the are thrown only a combined 26.7% of the time, but opponents are one for 34 against them. That is an 029 batting average against and also an 029 slugging percentage against, both of which are the lowest among the 230 pitchers with at least 25 plate appearances ending on either one of the curveball or changeup this season. Uh, his 094 expected batting average and 016 and 116 expected slugging also lead on that same list. And lastly, he is the second pitcher in the live ball era with an ERA below 0.3 in any six-game span before turning 21, minimum 30 innings pitched, since Fernando Valenzuela in 1981. He's only one of two pitchers to do that in the live ball era. The only other one was Fernando Mania. And Yuri Mania uh, is taking over baseball right now, taking over the Marlins as a whole. Uh, he is, like I said, he is 20 years old, just turned 20. He's in his age 20 season. Uh, he doesn't turn 21 until next April, and he's already doing this at the big league level, which is remarkable. Yeah, Yuri Perez. How about that? Um, very well deserving. Um, very good breakdown there. And that leads into my how about that. Um, which I don't know. I was hesitant to dive into this water. Um, but I am able to find reason to believe in this span or to present it like he is actually doing well. Um, and I'm also trying to cross the team off the list here um okay but i i'm saying i'm doing this in good faith but i i put michael walker as a how about that um <laughs> because he's preventing runs but he's also you know he's also doing it he's 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 getting lucky for sure but he's not getting look you know he he's not performing He's not outperforming by a crazy amount, and he sh it, his expected numbers don't suggest that he should be like an average pitcher. So I'm I'm highlighting him, and uh, you know I have I have some numbers to back up of uh, what he's been able to do. So obviously, so since the start of May, he has a 1.14 ERA in 55 and a third innings pitched, and out of 78 qualifiers in the span, he leads in ERA. Um, along with that. Out of 100 pitchers with 750-plus pitches thrown since the start of May, his expected slugging is 8th lowest and expected Woba is 6th lowest. So, you know, top 10% in the expected numbers, um, which is pretty wild. And, you know, his expected numbers last year were fairly average, despite the uh, despite the lower ERA. Um, Michael Walker's average exit velocity against has gone from 89.2 miles per hour before the span to 86.9. 86.9 miles per hour in this span. Uh, his average exit velocity ranks eighth lowest out of 100 pitchers with 750 plus pitches thrown in this span. Uh, so bottom, you know, top top 10 there. Uh, also, his barrel rate has gone from 12% before the span to 5.5% in this span. And out of 126 pitchers with 100 plus batted balls in the span, his barrel rate against ranks 16th lowest 
uh, top 15%-ish there. His line drive rate has also gone from 30% to 21%, uh, which is the 18th lowest line drive rate out of 126. And his pop-up rate has gone from 2% up to 15%. Uh, his his pop-up rate is the second highest out of 126. Uh, so he's getting a lot of high fly balls that um, just never, those types of fly balls never land his hits. Uh, and with Waka, he, you know, what could be pointed out as potential, a potential luck factor, and some of it probably is, is the fact that he has a 96.6% left on base rate um, in this span. And that is because he's performing exceptionally well with runners in scoring position. You know, the the league average left on base rate is, I think, like 72, 73 percent or something like that. And Walker, if you round, is at 97 percent. So definitely not sustainable, but he's doing amazing with runners in scoring position. Uh, Hitters are hitting 077 against him with runners in scoring position with a 128 expected batting average and slugging 154 with a 204 expected slugging. So the expected numbers are are really, really good when runners are in scoring position against uh, Michael Walker. That is because he has a an 84.7 mile per hour average exit velocity, 21% sweet spot rate, 16% line drive rate, and 16% pop-up rate with runners in scoring position. So he's gotten better uh, batted ball numbers with runners in scoring position, which has led to him having an unbelievable left on base rate in the span. Uh, so Michael Walker getting a, how about that? Um, all right. So now we move from the highs of the lows where we will be talking about, um, where we will be doing our Tuesday, June 27, 2023 edition of slightly alarming. He's been barreling up the ball way less. He's not missing bats. He's not getting the ball on the ground, and people are hitting it in the air more. It's been so bad. He is getting a... Slightly alarming. So, for my slightly alarming today, I will be taking the talk of shame, unfortunately. I will be talking about a guy that I had as a player to watch before the season that has not lived up to the hype. And I'm talking about Shea Langoliers of the Oakleys because he has been struggling lately since June 13th. He is slashing 128, 128, 205 for a 333 OPS and a negative 15 wins created plus the second lowest weighted runs created plus in the majors over that span. Uh, when I highlighted him before the season, I talked about, you know, his, uh, how well he was pulling the ball last year and also his line drive rate from last year. And neither of those have really uh, helped him out this year. In fact, they've gotten a lot worse. Uh, Overall, this year, he has just an 18% line drive rate and a 17.6% pop-up rate. That leads the 180 batters with at least 150 batted balls this year. He's not hitting pop, he's hitting line drives, and they are being replaced with pop-ups, which is like literally the worst downgrade you could possibly make uh, imaginable. Uh, Also this year, he is bottom 25% in strikeout rate. An expected weighted on base average, an expected batting average, whiff rate, chase rate, and framing. And he is also tied for sixth lowest in catcher blocking. So his defense, uh, in part, has regressed this year. Uh, throwing and pop time, he's fine. But, uh, you know, he's one of the worst catchers with framing and blocking this year. 
He isn't hitting the ball well. He's not hitting the right kind of contact. He hasn't walked in over two weeks, and he has a 22% strikeout rate over the span. So there, it's really hard to find a single thing that Shea Langoliers has been doing particularly well over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Shea Langoliers. Slightly alarming. Um, so, yeah, uh, and that's also – that was also my A's player to watch. Um, that was one of the few teams where we had uh, overlap, so – an indirect talk of shame for for me as well as we both highlighted him um my slightly alarming um is coming from a higher higher profile team uh Jake Cronenworth has not been doing well over his last 25 games uh in those last 25 games he's hitting 200 with a 526 OPS out of 171 qualifiers in this span his slugging is 12th lowest and OPS is 13th lowest, and uh, his expected numbers are actually worse in ranking. Uh, out of 175 hitters with 50-plus batted balls in the span, his expected slugging is third lowest, and expected WOBA is second lowest. That's out of 175. Uh, alarmingly, his average exit velocity has gone from 87.8 miles per hour to 84.6 miles per hour, and his hard hit rate has gone from 37% to 23%. Out of 175 hitters, his average exit, velo- average exit velocity ranks 12th lowest and hard hit rate ranks 7th lowest. Uh, his sweet spot rate has gone from 43% before the span to 29% in the span. Uh, line drive rate has gone from 30% to 21%. And his ground ball rate has gone from 34% to 43%. And his barrel rate has gone from 6% to a flat 0%. He does not have a single barrel in his last 25 games. And out of 175 hitters with 50-plus batted balls, he is one of just eight hitters without a barrel in this span. Um, that's, that's a guy who you would expect to have a barrel um, in his last 25 games, but does not um, in this span as his exit velocities have gone down. Um his sweet spot rate has gone down, which, uh, you know, bring brings down the chances of him getting a barrel. So very unfortunate uh, that he's struggling. So Jake Cronenworth getting a slightly alarming. Um. All right. So that does it for players to highlight. Now we will get into a preview of the week ahead. I will be looking at the series to watch. Daniel will be looking at the day by day pitching matchups and there are a fair amount of series to look at, you know, a, a good many of them have already started. Um, but one of the series to watch is Orioles Reds uh, Reds, you know, obviously coming off a 12 a game winning watch, streak. What was that? What a series to watch. Um, Orioles Reds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you would not predict that it would be a series to watch at this point in the year, but uh, it really is. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's Orioles Reds with um, the Orioles obviously being a great playoff contender this year and the Reds um, being as red hot as they are. Um, another good series to watch is Blue Jays Giants. Um, you know, two playoff contenders in each league and uh the last series to watch um the premier series to watch 
is the Diamondbacks and the Rays, uh, who will be going at it at Chase Field. And I believe that is a three-game series. Yes, it is a three-game series, spans through Thursday. Um, that is the NL West leader versus the AL East leader. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that because that does not happen, obviously, very often. It's the only time they will be facing off this year. Uh, what do you got for the day-by-day pitching matchups? So for uh, tonight, you Darvish and Rich Hill are going against each other in the uh, average age of like 39 matchup uh, in Padres and Pirates and in Pittsburgh. It's pretty cool. Um, Sandy Alcantara and Garrett Whitlock are facing each other in Marlins Red Sox. That's at Fenway. Um, you will have Julio Tehran, who's been hot for the Brewers, facing the Mets at City Field. Framber Valdez will be pitching for the Astros against the Cardinals in Bush Stadium. Um, Ranger Suarez will face the Cubs for the Phillies at Wrigley. Gavin Williams, Cleveland top prospect, will be facing Brady Singer in Guardians and Royals. Clayton Kershaw will be facing the Rockies for the Dodgers at Coors. Michael Kopech and Shohei Otani will face each other in White Sox and Angels. That's a fun one. Uh, Taj Bradley and Zach Gallon will face each other in Rays Diamondbacks, like Chris mentioned, in Arizona. And matchup of the night comes from Twins and Braves. It's Joe Ryan versus Bryce Elder. Mm. Yeah, a couple young guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, big pop-up guy versus big ground ball guy, so that'll be fun. Yes. Uh, and on a Wednesday, we have Kenta Maeda going for the Twins against the Braves in Atlanta. You have Logan Gilbert going for the Mariners against the Nationals. That'll be in Seattle. Um, the Mariners won the series opener last night. Logan Webb will be facing the Blue Jays for the Giants. That'll be in Toronto. Braxton Garrett will be facing the Red Sox at Fenway for the Marlins. Uh, Kodai Senga will face the Brewers for the Mets at City Field. Christian Javier will face the Cardinals for the Astros at Minute Maid Park. Or sorry, at uh, at Bush Stadium. I don't know why I said Minute Maid. Um, you will have Aaron Nola going for the Phillies against the Cubs at Wrigley. Um, Lucas Giolito will be pitching for the White Sox against the Angels. That's at the Big A. Zach Eflin will go for the uh, Rays against the Diamondbacks. And matchup of the, I believe is a day or night, it is night, comes from uh, Padres and Pirates. It's Blake Snell versus Mitch Keller. Yeah, uh, Snell uh, has turned a corner. Yes, he has, uh, which is very good to see. Um, On Thursday, not a whole lot is announced yet, but Shane Bieber and Zach Greinke are facing each other in Guardians-Royals. That is at uh, Kansas City. Guardians-Royals also gave me fits on the Immaculate Grid last night because I didn't want to go with Fran Mil Reyes or Carlos Santana, Uh, so I went with Brandon Moss instead. Um. I also uh, so also Lance Lynn and Patrick Sandoval are facing each other in White in White Sox Angels. Um, Joe Musgrove and Luis Ortiz are facing each other in Padres and Pirates. Um, Max Serger is pitching for the Mets against the Brewers. Taiwan Walker is facing the Cubs for the Phillies at Wrigley. He's been pitching well lately. And matchup of the night comes from Marlins Red Sox at Fenway. It's Jesus Lazardo versus Brian Bayo. Yeah, very. Yeah, very young guys. Lizardo's, I think, mm-hmm. twenty five, and Bayo's, uh, twenty three. I think, um, good stuff matchup. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. Um, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. 
If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens and are you and our uh, very unique locations, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, as well as checking out the digital content. Um, check it all out there on the YouTube channel. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta and follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we'll be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball, probably in person, actually. Once again, see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.